In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode number 45, Outstanding Offspring. So the theme this week was actually suggested by one of our listeners. How great is that? His name is Tim. And he said, hey, how about a theme where we find books with kids that even Amy would like? (laughs) And that... Just a great bar. It was a great... It was a great challenge. Uh-huh. And it's also, I felt seen. I felt like, oh, okay, so my, you know, this has come through mm-hmm. in 45 episodes, mm-hmm. how I, my ambivalence towards children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so that's what we're doing. We're talking about books with kids who are pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, it obviously had us thinking about kids, situations when we were kids, mm-hmm. examples of outstanding offspring. But what I really wanted to know, Amy, <laughs> is if you did have a kid yes, and you could keep it at the same age forever, mm-hmm. what age would that be and why? I want it to be 35. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> ideally by that time, the child has figured its shit out. It's ideally. a adult. <laughs> I can bypass all the growing pains, both of... Uh, that child and of myself. Okay. Um, I can really just bypass parenthood yeah. and go straight to having a friend. <laughs> genius. <laughs> that answer didn't even occur to me. Yeah. It's genius. I mean, I'm also kind of thinking, you know, it's like very mythological. It's like, you know, Athena sprung full formed from the head of Zeus in Greek mythology. Now, I don't want the child to spring from my head. No, please. Because that's yeah. going to hurt. That's weird. Yeah. I want the child to just, you know, Appeal. manifest. Yes. <laughs> Maybe some witchcraft involved, you okay. know, just be like, oh, let's have an adult child. But you can't Done. live with me, child. You oh. got to go. Well, yeah, if they're 35 and they have yeah, their yeah. shit together. They yep. should have their own place. You got to go figure yeah. it out. Okay. Yeah. So that's wow. where I'm at. I I would like to say I saw that coming. <laughs> I should have saw, seen that coming. I was but... actually, I was thinking through ages like, oh, no, 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 no let's just skip on over. <laughs> skip no, on no, over into no. adulthood. Yeah. No. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 35. <laughs> yep. That's where I should be. Yep. 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 Aaron, mm-hmm. thinking about parenthood of actual young children Mm -hmm. do you think you could be a stage mom or a momager oh gosh there's part of me that wants to say yes Mm -hmm. because i like the you know the business sense of it but here's what i know would happen i they would figure out how to get me out of the picture so fast (laughs) because when you say they who are you meaning like whatever you know music industry or acting whatever they'd be like okay the kid's great mom is a nightmare Mm -hmm. because there's only like a few things that get me really really riled up and one of them is messing with my kids and Mm -hmm. like not just i mean if they choose to be in something and they 
do with their best and it doesn't go well. Not that. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like crazy, like my kid's the best everything. It's if I anticipate that you're causing my child pain. Oh, yeah. I, I get to a blinding rage mm-hmm. that cannot be contained. Yeah. And I just think that a lot of people would suffer. I think so, too, because in a stage mom capacity, your child would be manipulated in multiple ways. And I couldn't do that. Nope. And I think they would also hate it that I was always like, but wait, why? How does that make sense? That doesn't seem logical. No. So like the agents and all of them would be. I'd be like, "Mm -mm, no, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no. So they'd be like, okay, we got to run interference on mom. Mm -hmm. We got to get her out of the picture. I feel like I'd be saying a lot, like, we don't need to do this for the money. And everybody be looking at me like, it's millions of dollars. You do too. (laughs) Everyone needs to do this for the money. Yeah. 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 So then I'd just be, yeah. Hmm. I just feel like I'd meet an untimely demise. Like they'd figure out a way to like keep me contained somehow and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be And by contained, you mean execution. Yeah, or okay. like, you know, oh, mom had a breakdown. We put her in rehab. <laughs> like they put some kind of weird story out That's there. True. So I can't You've really be emotionally seen in exhausted. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're in rehab. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm overly protective, not in like a weird, they can't do things way, but in oh, a no. don't hurt them way. Yes. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I've heard of a few times yeah. where you've flown into a rage. <laughs> Real and rage. It's, been, uh, it's, it's been, been incredible. It's, it sounds like. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> when you come out of it on the other side, you're like, wow. Like oh, you blacked out. Like what yep. just happened? Yeah. That's yeah. a real thing where mm. you feel like I didn't. There's been a few times at wrestling meets I have come unglued because <laughs> watching your kid get punched in the face yeah. is stiff. Or his arm pretty much pulled out of his socket, which actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Those things are not enjoyable to watch. Mm. And, you know, you take some of that into account, sports, things like that. You know, you're willingly doing that. I'm not blaming anyone in particular that I'm going to name on the mm-hmm. show. I have a lot of blame to say, go I around to I, be clear. I but I know there's a few people you're blaming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's that it's not for me it was never like losing or refs or anything like that it was an intense moment where yeah something is completely unfair they're being hurt mm-hmm. and i need to stop it physically so, hurt yeah mm-hmm. i get this real yeah uncontrollable rage like in no other circumstance in my life have i ever felt that or acted on it or i'm normally pretty docile i would mm-hmm. never draw attention to myself in public but a few of those times i went all in man i wish that one of your family members had videotaped these because I can imagine it would have been holiday viewing for years to come. I can tell you that Mike was so worried in one of them that he got down off the bleachers because he thought that this other mom's husband was going to swing on me yep. and he didn't want to be on unsteady footing if he had to fight, <laughs> which I took as a really nice way to say I love he you. Oh, he was prepared to throw down too. Yeah. He was like, your rage is all encompassing. Yeah. And she, I got to save her from herself because she's about to get beat up. And By a that's dude. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Another time I was huge pregnant when it happened. So I feel like that kind of helped like mm-hmm. my, the size of me and like, really, you're going to throw a pregnant lady out. I'm going to leave on principle. That's actually <laughs> what came out of my mouth. So. <laughs> and who was this directed at? Um, <laughs> <laughs> at a security guard. Yep. Yep. Sure was. <laughs> This is the time that I watched Zach get punched in the face yeah. repeatedly during a whole match. Yeah. And the ref did nothing about it because it was the home the home meet and the home team or whatever. And the kid acted when they got off the mat and Zach won, acted like he was going to take off after Zach. Like he took his, like pulled his singlet down, like he was going to attack him. And I was like, something, I just saw red and I yeah. stood up and I was like, not a chance. And then everybody was like looking at me instead of that. And I'm like, stop looking at me. He's like, look at this. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Then they were like, you need to calm down or you're gonna have to leave. I was like, you're going to throw the pregnant lady out <laughs> when that kid's been punching someone. And then it just went downhill from there. I hope that they talk about you still. God, I like hope the so. refs and the security guards. and Everybody like, remember that lady? Yeah. Yeah. And Mike She's was like just 16 like... <laughs> months pregnant and ready to go. Mike was like standing up. Like at one point stood up and was just like, it's fine. It's fine. Like to the guy, like just trying to get him to like walk away so I could sit down. Because he knew like he can't say that to me because I'm just oh, yeah, enraged no, no, no. at that yeah. time. And the best part is that Zach saw none of this because he had gone back into the locker room where the kid was like following him. And which I wasn't worried about Zach. He can hold his own and his teammates, his coach was on it or whatever. But that was... Later, I felt bad and I had to like apologize and be like, hey. And he's like, yeah, I heard about it on the bus and all I could do is laugh. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> and at the next meet, his coach was like, I think you've gotten almost thrown out this year more than me. And I was like, one time. <laughs> it's 
an extreme circumstance. <laughs> but that's a badge of honor, too. It is, yeah. 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 It is what it is. You mm-hmm. know, you're going to do that, you're going to pay for it. Also, you know what else really set me off that day? Hmm. Is that getting to their bathrooms was really difficult. <laughs> and I was like, really, really, pregnant. really pregnant. Yeah. Like weeks Mason away. Mason was playing with your bladder. Yes. And yeah. so then... I mean, you're sitting, so it's worse. And then it's kind of, you know, you're jumping up and down. I mean, I had to go to the bathroom so many times and it was so much work. And I was like, this place is just a disaster. It's not ready for pregnant ladies. This place is gross. <laughs> <laughs> and their walking tacos were subpar. Ew. <laughs> I mean, I might question out why you thought a walking taco from the <laughs> sports arena might be. <laughs> we tried them everywhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> you get desperate, Amy. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were pregnant too. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that was a that was a long way to that answer, but <laughs> turns out no. But we I learned am, a lot. I am getting about enraged. What you would be like as a mom, stage mom, <sighs> yeah, momager. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not pretty. Yeah, I'm not afraid to yell, throw, and leave. Apparently, which I feel good about. Like mm-hmm. I feel like if we become, you know, a performing duo at some point, oh. you're going to be very protective of me. Oh yeah, I would. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I will be protective. We are going to just be ready to throw down, really, at any very point, little like point. inciting. And yeah. guess what? We love wearing tuxes. Those are easy yeah. to fight in. <laughs> <laughs> at least I assume. Uh, Aaron made a face like, yeah, yep, yep. I think that's right. Yeah, okay. I mean, easier than a dress for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're wearing pants. Yeah, we can take our jackets off. Easy take to hide a weapon. Off. Oh, my, wow. Okay, that escalated <laughs> real fast. <laughs> I don't know if any venues that we perform at will be happy with you carrying weapons under your tux, but we don't need to tell them. Yeah, that's yeah. not something you share. Yep, you're right. You don't need, you ask, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness <laughs> later. <laughs> I think that's usually in the context of, you know, corporate work environments, but yeah. in this one, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stand by it. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to sew a knife pocket into my tux. <laughs> Holy shit. Actually, I'm not, because you know the only person getting caught by You're a knife is stab yourself. We'll be performing. You cut off the main artery in your leg. All of a sudden, so- I'm like, oh, oh we got to cut this short. Erin <laughs> is bleeding out. We need to go. <laughs> like, it was good until there's so much blood. Guess we're buying this tux. <laughs> That's true. We can't rent them anymore, no. especially if we're going to carry weapons. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'd love to stay and chat about books, but it turns out. But I'm going to die. <laughs> I've got my own artery. It's sticking out of my leg. <laughs> with the knife that I was hiding. <laughs> what I also anticipate is that with that happen, Amy just wouldn't even be surprised. Oh, I would not She'd be like, all. yep, yep, we got to go. I think, in fact, I'd have an EMT on standby just ready to go. <laughs> Like, listen, my partner, she's got a weapon under her tux. Chances are this is going bad. So I knew the knife pocket was a terrible yep. idea when she said it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're ride or die. So instead, I just so hired it. All right, team. let's go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, hopefully you don't have any knife memories from childhood. But <laughs> <laughs> Do I? No, no knife memories. Okay. Yeah. Well, is there a favorite memory of childhood that illustrates who you are today? I think there is. Yeah. I think there's a number, but the one that popped into my head and, you know, like a big neon sign was when I was in elementary school and I was reading some of mom's magazines. Mm. There was some good housekeeping. There was probably like Cosmo or something, you know, Mm -hmm. her and at my grandma's house, I think there were, so all these magazines designed for women, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm reading these magazines and I decide when I'm maybe 10 that I'm going to write a magazine. And I'm going to name it Weird Woman Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) So the elements of Weird Woman Magazine was there was a couple articles, I guess, about living your life when you're weird. Okay. There was, um, uh, there were ads. I did ads for women's products. Perfect. Um, I completed a, a, you know, the subscription things that fall out of magazines. I did one of those with like the yes checkbox. I want some of Weird Woman Magazine. Um, There were diet tips because, of course, there were because I was reading women's magazines. Yeah, of course. And so I put all this together like into, you know, eight and a half by 11. This is probably a pasted together. Yes. Just a shit show of a thing. But days of labor, I imagine. (laughs) Yes. Then I gave it to my parents. I wish I could accurately recall the looks on their faces. I imagine it was something like, oh, okay. 
like I imagine it was a trying to be encouraging, but mm. also what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. what did my child just do? So that's what I remember. I was very proud of it. I don't know where it went. I wish I oh. still had it. But I like to think it points out who I am today because I like to parody stuff. Yes. I like to make fun of things. Yes. I like to, even then, you know, I was thinking I'm not subscribing to all this random stuff that people are telling women, although I did take that brief sorority trip for a while. But you got to get a fellowship and then yes. you can go out on your yes. own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Weird Woman Magazine. Maybe I'll resurrect it 30 some years later. I really like the title. Yep. That really does illustrate. Somehow, I feel like I, I self-identified as a weird person early on. I don't know why, but I did. And how old did you say you were? I think I was time? like 10, 10 or 11. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. Yeah. There should have been more enthusiasm for your entrepreneurial spirit maybe there was i just remember being so overcome with my own creation like oh yeah <laughs> i don't even think i registered what they said or didn't yes. say or whatever yes i'm just picturing it as if like my nephew or niece gave it to me i'd be like oh okay cool 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 how do i say the right thing being, to be encouraging <laughs> yes yeah what am i supposed to do at this moment yes. yeah. i do remember i loved every minute of creating that thing yeah that i really enjoyed writing all of that stuff so mm-hmm. shows who I am today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird Woman Magazine. I, I would subscribe. 2020. I would subscribe. I'll be yeah. your first subscriber. Great. I don't even care if you draw it in pencil and paste it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of how I did the first one. So I could do another one. Yeah. I could just do it for you. Or, okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Great. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. Uh-huh. If you could pick anything about being a kid, what would you like to be able to do as an adult? Really, it's just a philosophy, which mm-hmm. is little kids give zero Fs they really and they get do. away with it. It's yeah. adorable. It like is. in any kind of way when they're just saying, no, I'm doing it my way. Mm-hmm. As an adult, that would never work. Nope. But for kids, it's like, yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Like when Mason, you know, tries to convince me that it's okay to have Cheetos for breakfast and yeah. he does like this wink thing. Yes. And on like someone that's older, that would be creepy. Like you're trying to use mm-hmm. your charms to disarm someone. But on a little kid, you're like... All right. So cute. I guess have some yeah. Cheetos. Mm-hmm. I'm impervious to your, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, it made me think that you get away with things. You just get to do things your way and no one cares, you know? Like it's just all, well, that's what we expect. He's five. What mm-hmm. more can you expect? So expectations are just gone. <laughs> he made us a holiday card this week at school that inside said, Dad, Mom, I love you. So sweet. And then there's some kind of picture I couldn't translate and i said bud what's what is this and he's like well (laughs) this guy's in jail and this guy's laughing at that guy in jail and he's asking for help and he won't help him i was like oh huh okay Okay. so nothing to do with the holidays like the cute reindeer that you were forced to put on the front Mm -hmm. and then inside just a horrific jail scene (laughs) that i can only understand means some sort of torture and this guy yelling help but i'm here for for you guys and i put it up without even thinking you know, now like Zach at his age, if he gives me that card, oh, now I have to worry about that's some something different from yeah, a 23 year old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And I have to take him to therapy <laughs> with Mason. I can just be like, cute. Oh, that's cute. What a good jail. <laughs> Mason had a few of those this week. He I remember had some doozies. I know you told me. Tell me about um, his idea for uh, cats. <laughs> He was listening to one of our podcasts, he was, actually. Yeah, and I didn't realize he was actually mm-hmm. actively listening in the car. But he specifically wants a cat that has electrocution abilities. <laughs> he said in it the paws at first. Then he backed that up to be just claws. So it could touch you if it likes you. But if it doesn't, and I'm this is a direct quote from Mason, oh. which is claws coming out oh, okay. and then electrocution. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell Mason doesn't actually own a cat because no, no. this is a terrifying prospect for any yes, cat. Yes, give someone owner. a cat that kind of power. No, I know. I'm looking at Podcat right now, and I'm I'm a little freaked out by just the idea yes, of it. They're so fickle. Do you know how many yeah. furniture items would be electrocuted? <laughs> I get so angry for no reason. When I am gone for like uh, you know, if I'm gone for a few days or whatever, and I come home, she's really lovey at first, but then for a while, she's just like, I am so angry with you <laughs> i am not even gonna look at you for the next 24 hours bad. 
if she had electrocution ability, I would be murdered. I'd be straight up dead. Yeah. And You'd I be think, long dead. I think, yeah, oh gosh, a long time ago. Yeah. She wouldn't even have to get me in the basement. No. Nope. She'd just have to pretend she likes me for a minute. <laughs> Which, You're like, oh my God. Yeah. It's finally oh, worse. Turn to the corner. <laughs> yeah. He's, he had a week, let me tell you. He really did. Yeah. And what's great, like you said, is that precociousness is adorable at this age. It is. But now again, older, yeah. like an older kid telling me he wants a cat with electrocution paws, I have to be like, oh my gosh, yeah. what's happening at school? What's going on with you? you? What? Oh. And well, we have a unique setting because we can be weird and precocious on air. We have yes. an excuse to be. Yeah. Sometimes when we're out in the wild. No, I keep that natural, under wraps. Yeah, yeah, we keep that under wraps I for sure. share that side nope. with everyone. Nope. No. Just our listeners. listeners. (laughs) Just everyone in the world. (laughs) Not in person. Exactly. So like we said, um, our theme this week was recommended by Tim. And he actually recommended a pick, too. So I thought we'd start with his. Yes. He recommended The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie by Alan Bradley. And he says in his email, quote, Flavia is the best child character ever. I would happily trade my two kids for Flavia. Ooh. Bradley's writing is fantastic, and the story is solid as well. So, hey, sounds like that's a, big that's a hell of a character. Also, Tim's kids probably need to step it up, because <laughs> what I'm hearing is literary characters are about to take your spot. Yep, yep. So, you know, good warning for yeah. you two. Maybe an extra kids. thank you for Christmas might be in order. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so that was Tim's pick mm-hmm. for this theme. Which is great. Thank yes. you. Yes. Love that. So my pick for fiction is called The Passage by Justin Cronin. And this comes from 2010. And there are two more books in this series. So it's a trilogy and they're all out. Oh, so you can read them all at once. Well, not you know, in sequential. In sequential. Yeah, 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 not all at the same time. That'd be weird. So get this, Aaron. It starts with a young kid named Amy in Iowa. Weird that you like this. Yep. She's born to a poor woman who's had a terrible time of it. And finally, this mother leaves her young daughter, Amy, at a convent. Just can't handle it anymore. Needs to. Oh, needs wow. To so after meeting Amy, we then meet a number of other characters. There's a nun named Lacey who takes a special sort of liking to Amy. And there's an FBI agent who mm-hmm. is strangely sent to pick up Amy because Lacey has taken her to a zoo, and suddenly the animals are freaking the F out at Amy. So the FBI is somehow involved. Whoa. Because there is a secret U.S. government facility led by some scientists who are dabbling in some real weird stuff. And this facility has a breach and releases literal monsters into the world who then decimate the world. So it took a real fast turn there. Yeah. Yeah. That is a quick turn. (laughs) So this is a dystopian story. Mm-hmm. It's about like literal monsters. Like I said, it's adventure. It's sci-fi. But it's also so well done, so well written. It's heartbreaking. There are moments that I've read this first novel, The Passage, n- a number of times, actually. And there are some passages that just haunt me. And I've never been able to quite get away from oh, them. They've wow. inspired me in many, many ways in writing and just everything. Wow. Um, the world that he creates, uh, Justin Cronin, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, moving forward in time and space into places you, you'd never quite imagine from just the start of Amy in Iowa. But always at the center somehow, important in ways that she doesn't fully understand and we don't fully understand until the end is this character, Amy. And she's, you know, this young girl, like I said, but she's seen some shit. She is strong. She is human. But she's also beyond human, too. And she's this kid with sort of the weight of the world on her shoulders. So the series in total is, it's massive. These are huge ass books, but you tear through them. They're just so well written. They're so, it's such a great story. Um, And it circles all of these three books sort of circle around Amy and the relationship she has with her sort of surrogate mother, this nun, Mm -hmm. as well as the FBI agent who becomes sort of a surrogate father to her as well. So my recommendation is get all three right now. Yeah. Get ready to read about Amy from Iowa. That is not me, but. <laughs> Which made it sound like it was you, just to be clear. <laughs> I know, as soon as I said it, I'm like, I'm not sure what I was intending there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not her. It's not me. To be clear. Nope. Okay. I haven't lived through a viral apocalypse that I know of. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to want to read them all and get started. Sounds great. Right now. All right. right well, 
The book that I brought this week for fiction for Outstanding Offspring is called The Most Fun We Ever Had by Claire Lombardo. You just finished this one. I did. And that might be why it popped right into my mm-hmm. head. But it follows the story of um, parents Marilyn and David Sorensen. And they have four daughters, Wendy, Violet, Liza, and Grace. Um, and we're kind of watching this marriage and the kids back and forth, back and forth through um, growing up. You know, back to when David and Marilyn were first married, you kind of jump all around in this book. Um, and they all have their own path. They're, they're all adults in modern day. But what really sets this new story in motion is that this outstanding offspring character of Jonah, who happens to be the child of one of the daughters that they gave up for adoption oh. 15 years ago that the family didn't know about. And so he enters, and if there was ever a kid character to love, it is Jonah. Like, everything he brings into the story is wonderful and crazy, and he's trying to understand what happened to him. Like, he's had a rocky road. He's trying to figure out how, you know, how this all pieces together, and then all the sisters and the mom and dad, you know, you can imagine all of the stuff that comes from finding this out. But really, I, you know, the book is long. It's a longer book. But you feel like you're just so engrossed in it. And somehow I think even if you cut things out, it wouldn't work as any shorter of a book because part of it makes you feel as though you grew up with them and you watch this. So you almost feel just as betrayed by like, what? This Jonah secret and trying to figure it all out. And you connect so well with all the different characters at different times that it elicits this range of emotions that I think in a shorter work you wouldn't get. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying all that because I don't want anyone to be put off by how long it is because yeah. I really, it's truly worth it. And honestly, after I finished it for days, I would catch myself thinking like, oh, I wonder how that's working out with Wendy. And I'm like, oh, oh God, that's not a real person. Wow. Stop yourself. <laughs> yeah. But that's how much it sticks with you wow. where you kind of leave the family and then you're like, but I, I want to know what happened. Yeah. Like, I want to know where Jonah decided to go to college. And- <laughs> How everything is going for Violet, and <laughs> you feel that connected. And wow, Amy knows I just finished it because there was a part in there that I lost my marbles for mm-hmm. like a good twenty minutes, and by that I mean I was crying mm-hmm. a lot, like heaving. <laughs> to the point sobs. that didn't your husband like come in and be like, "Whoa!" Yeah, well, I read it like in the morning. Sometimes I get up and read, and so then I was all like puffy and everything, and he thought something terrible happened. Like I'd gotten some <laughs> call and gotten up. I'm like, no, it's just. He's like, oh, like totally doesn't understand that at all. So he was like, Jesus, like, okay, you know. But anyway, um, and the author is a fiction writer and teacher, and she actually is a 2017 grad of the Iowa Writers Workshop. There we go. For a period of time, she taught fiction writing there, and I will tell you that if you decide to read this book, you need to go to her webpage just for the picture on the front page. Is this fantastic? picture of post-it notes that she used during writing to like plot everything out and for an organizational nerd like me it was it was glorious oh my it was everything i've ever i mean it made me feel like she was my soulmate (laughs) for a minute i was like wow if i didn't read your book before i would just for looking at this picture and it's her debut novel which is amazing that's wonderful and is already being adapted as a series for hbo by laura dern and amy adams oh my god Mm mm-hmm Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love both of them. I know. Lot. Yeah. And she's a, the author, um, Claire Lombardo is very involved in that project as well, from Excellent. what I understand. So wow. Beautiful book. So great. Such a range of emotions. Like I said, all of the characters you're going to connect with at different points. Just the reader. What a great experience going through it. That's so cool. It was, yeah, it was compulsive. It made, it's one of those where you like, don't want to leave. Like you're like, I, mm-hmm. I got to cancel everything today. Cause <laughs> This this is yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you talk more about it because um, all you had said was I finished this book and I'm bawling. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Great. I don't think I'm going to read it then. Yeah. But now, yeah, yeah. It sounds like yeah. you should. Yeah, sure. you should. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there were different points I kind of cried a little bit mm-hmm. or in in it too. But then I don't know, something hit me that day, and I was Oof. like, this is. Oh yeah yeah. I mean, so. I have no room to you know um, say anything because I just watched Star Wars last night and bawled like a friggin' out of control weird woman is what happened and- out of control baby yoda <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> to the point like i said at the end our friend heath is like get yourself together <laughs> okay well i can't i can't it's all emotional <laughs> well for other genre yes. books i am actually chose a trilogy of young adult 
novels. Mm. Um, and this is the series called His Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. Okay. Um, this was first published in 1995. And you may have heard of these books recently because they're actually top on many banned lists, which pretty great. Um, there's also been a number of adaptations. And most recently, there's a series on HBO. So the reason I chose this is it's focused on two kids who are just straight up awesome. It's Lyra and Will are the two main characters. And this is set in a very fantastical world. It's actually a series of worlds. It's a parallel universes that they are able to bridge with tools that these kids have. Um, the first book especially, which is called The Golden Compass, it focuses on Lyra, who tries to rescue a kidnapped friend of hers in the wild north. And this is based sort of in a... Um, uh, a London that, you know, is somewhat familiar, but not fully, you know, because it's a, mm -hmm. a separate world. Um, but in this north, um, there are witch clans and there's armored bears up north and there's gobblers with a capital G who are taking children. Can't be good for no. whatever they're no. taking the kids for. Um, and Lyra's uncle, Azrael, is also a main character and he's somehow trying to bridge the worlds. Lyra is awesome because she's an ordinary kid, but she's also savvy as hell. She can lie and she can scheme to get what's right. And she quickly learns that the adults in the world don't have many answers, which is great. So she's going to have to depend on herself and this friend of hers, Will, which is a really kind of fun and inspiring message in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, there's huge stuff going on, not least of which is this big battle against organized religion. So that right there may tell you why this is on a top of a lot of yeah. band lists. That made a lot of people freak out. Um, one journalist in Great Britain named Philip Pullman, the author, the most dangerous author in the country. Oh, boy. The Catholic League has campaigned against these books. Mm. And the U.S., the series has topped uh, the top of the most banned books under Harry Potter. So there you go. I don't know about you, but that always gets my attention. And honestly, I want to read it more. I know. I, I don't know yeah. when they're going to figure out that that nope. works the opposite way. Exactly. More people want to read it. Yeah, because then you realize probably there's some really good stuff in there mm -hmm. that has pissed a lot of people off. And it's worth digging in. Why? Why does that piss people off? Mm -hmm. You know? Um I really like these books for the world building, for the the epicness of it, the grandness of the scale, the the adults who are often up to no good, um, and the kids. Lyra and Will, they're smart, they're brave, they're all the things you want a kid character to be, and you really get invested in them. And and as they grow, and as you said, you know, you you wonder where that kid has been in mm -hmm. your book. I have often thought about like, oh, I wonder where Lyra and Will are Aww, these see? days. They're not anywhere because they're make believe, but it's you know, bad. yeah. yeah. Um, I'm actually, you know, like I said, this has been turned into an HBO series and I'm planning on binging this soon because I think all the episodes of the first season are out. Um, I, I can get back to you on whether this is a good adaptation yeah, or not, I do. Um, but it looks, I mean, it's got Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's got James Ooh. McAvoy. The, the girl that's playing Lyra looks really cool. So it's, it's looking good. Do they adapt it? Like, is it appropriate for young adults or they adapted it like for an adult series? That's a good question. I think it's probably more adult yeah. because it is is such i mean as i said these are from the perspective of these mm -hmm. kids but there's some real weighty stuff in here yeah too. so i'm imagining more of that it's interesting i just bought um for christmas i bought evan the first book in this series but as a graphic novel oh they released them as graphic novels oh i bet that'll be so good yeah there's a there's a ton of really visual stuff that yeah That's so cool. i looked amazing so yeah i'm good he'll be excited good choice. So, yeah, yeah i think yeah. he'll like that yeah sure for sure. Um, so this the one that I picked for uh, nonfiction other genre this week is um, it's I don't want to call it a short story. I think it's more of a novella, although it has pe appeared in like short story collections. Um, but it's a, it's an oldie. It's a classic. It's by Shirley Jackson. Oh, we have always lived in the castle. Oh, you know, I have never read this. I've heard wonderful things from it. Yes. About it, was, it I should and, say. And, you know, that's funny because I wrote about that, that I somehow missed this in, like, yeah. my high school, college, you know. I mean, I've read other things by mm -hmm. Shirley Jackson. I think a lot of people are familiar read with The Lottery. The lottery. Yeah. Sure. And I read it and then read it again and then read it again, like, three times in one weekend because there's so much um, – you could just take the story straight as it comes, mm -hmm. but there's also all these layers in there. And and the way that Shirley Jackson built that in and put that all together is it's like mesmerizing. Like I am it's probably the type of writing I'm the most jealous of in yeah. the sense that just that that's like a natural ability. There's no way you teach someone that. I mean, it's just 
I think when authors can effectively get in your head and make you doubt your own thought processes that they've reached some kind of level that's you know, wow. to be aspired no to. No wonder but, so many authors cite her in this story as a major inspiration. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It was first published in 1962, um, and it is has two main characters, Mary Catherine Blackwood, who lives with her sister Constance, and you very quickly find out that everyone else in their family is dead, and they live in this castle. And But there's this weird mystery surrounding this and why they live there and why no one else is there, and you can get the sense that they're hiding from things, and Every time that something happens, you think you have it figured out, and then you realize you don't. And it, in a weird way, it kind of mirrors the first book, The Most Fun We Ever Had, that mm-hmm. I suggested. Because it's in The Most Fun We Ever Had, I, felt, I thought that one of the things that the author did so great was it covers so many different things you feel. Like, I related as a sibling in that book. I related as a daughter in that book. I related as being a kid. I related as being a parent. I related as being someone on the outside looking in at a family. Um, And I think it's true in this book, too, that you sort of relate to it in all those different ways. You can see yourself in all those different positions in a family, like as a parent, as the sister, as an outside influence. You kind of can put yourself in that moment. So mm-hmm. I think they have that in common, very different stories obviously. But it almost it just like consumes you. It feels so like you're there and you want to know what's going on. Um so it's wonderful. You should read it. The two char- the two characters are obviously um younger children and they are amazing. And I don't know that I want to spend a lot of time with them when we get to the end of the book. You would know why, but they are okay, okay. certainly intriguing and huh. definitely outstanding in some weird and wild ways. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Was this in a, did you find it in a collection? Did you find it online? No, or I you... read it as a separate, I have a okay. volume. Yeah. Do you? All mm-hmm. right. Great. Yeah. And I would actually say it's really more like a short book. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's over a hundred pages, but mm-hmm. I think it's kind of held as a novella yeah, and stuff yeah. sometimes like in collections but so that's why i put wow. it in this other genre because it's quick i mean you mm-hmm. can read it very quickly so wow okay yeah i feel like uh i need to dig into that yeah and maybe get creeped out i'll let you borrow my copy it has a haunting illustration on the cover wow you really emphasize that <gasps> h haunting illustration on the cover <laughs> there's a lot of breath yeah in that oh, haunting. okay <laughs> Starting to get into heavy breathing territory. What? <laughs> Can't even do heavy breathing without laughing. Can you imagine calling someone who's just doing heavy breathing? Oh I would lose it. I would just yeah. start laughing. I had a heavy breather call me when I was a kid. What? Yeah. There was one time I... <laughs> there was one time I... Well, so my dad was a policeman and he... Mm. For uh, many years, he worked nights, so he would sleep during the day. So mm-hmm. he would always be home. And I think when I was like eight or nine, um, they were like, okay, you can stay at home alone because dad's in the bedroom. He's sleeping, but right. he's, you know, yeah. he's there. So one day I came home from school and I answered the phone and there was a real heavy breathing situation. And me being a young kid, I'm like, oh, they just can't get their words out. So <laughs> I'm just waiting and I'm waiting. And nothing's coming out. And I was like, do you need... I said something to the effect of, hello, you know, are you okay? And he's like, are you alone? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I I think... Who knows? Maybe I said yes. I think I was probably just out, completely out of it. And he's like, oh, you shouldn't be. Something like that. I immediately hung up. I ran back to the door of dad's bedroom and I was about to go in and tell him. And then I was like, no, it's okay. I can handle this. It's all right. So then I just went down to my room and I think I probably sweat for a long time. (laughs) Did you ever tell them? No. What? No. It was so, so creepy. But also as an adult, I've often wondered who the fuck is that? that calls a house i'm wondering if it was like a neighbor or something like how did you know there was a girl alone in the house how did you know like what what was going on there and it never happened again that i remember oh my god right isn't that creepy also as a psa you should always tell someone one of you were kidnapped they could have traced it back to that phone call well Aaron, I was a girl and I was like, nope, I'm going to handle, I'm going to internalize this. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm just going to. I gonna- am brave and strong and this is how I have to prove it. <laughs> exactly. I have to defend myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry about that. I carry a knife now. Oh, God. 
don't. I don't. For anyone that I really don't. Okay. I don't. I've never even held a knife that's a weapon. Other like a you know kitchen knife. Yes. Both of no. my brothers carry knives, mm. and usually it only comes out at Christmas when we need to open a present. You know. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I look at that like that'd be pretty handy. There was a Christmas that um, <laughs> Mike's dad, who also carries a knife slid himself real bad opening <gasps> one of the kids' toys and then there was like poor Evan's face was so disappointed because oh. there was blood all over his Well, toy. sure. <laughs> you ruined it, Grim. <laughs> Turned into a real horrifying scene real fast. So much joy to Ooh. so much despair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So See, I'm, I'm thinking that might be your situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you this don't is why I've never even picked one up. Mm-mm. I would Mm-mm. immediately slide through my hand for some reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What are you going to do? Okay. Well, on that note, yeah. pop culture. Pop culture. I chose a show called The Crown on Netflix. Oh. Let me tell you why. This is a little, it's, there's a circuitous route here. Okay. So, um, Excellent use of that uh, word, by the way. Thank you. Um, no doubt you've heard of this show, right? It's everywhere. It's yes. on Netflix. It's, it feels like it's one of their big prestige shows. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone talks about The Crown. And it started in 2017, I think. Um, or maybe 2016, and they also get a lot of news for how they're casting. Like, the first two seasons were one cast with Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip younger in their lives. The third season just started, and now there's an entirely new cast because they're moving into sort of middle age. Mm. So I assume after a couple seasons, they'll do the same, maybe move into older age. So, yeah, it's great. We and just started it, so we're only you? like okay. halfway through the first well, season. Well, in, but... in the third season, it's Olivia Coleman that is playing, and I love her. Yeah. So it's so good. So there's a lot to like here. It's it's really fascinating because it shows just how sort of useless the monarchy is, but also useful in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found really, really captivating is the kids. In flashbacks, for example, we see Queen Elizabeth as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, she's a young girl. She's realizing she's going to be queen one day, and... That's enormous privilege, right? I mean, it for sure means they have as much money as they need and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But it's this real strange burden as mm-hmm. well. Um, she also sees what a terrible burden it is on her dad, who never really wanted to be king. Um, it's interesting to me, too, because she's a young woman that then ascends to the throne in 1952 when every all the governments are men. Like, it's mm-hmm. all just old men, and she's this young woman on the throne. We also see Prince Philip in flashbacks as a kid, um, and you, you feel sort of, um, I don't know, I, I felt I liked him more as a kid because he turns into a real asshole as yeah, he gets yeah. older. Yeah. But it's the episodes around Charles that really have gotten me. Oh. And I've never, to be honest, I've never thought much about Charles. Yeah. Like, you know, we grew up in the Charles and Diana mm-hmm. era mm-hmm. and William and uh, Harry and all that kind of stuff, but never really put much thought mm-hmm. to it. But we see Charles as a young boy and he's very sort of uh, quiet and sensitive, um, but his father wants him to be like him and his father's a man's man and he's, you know, he's outdoorsy and he's rough and he had he went to this boarding school that was terrible, but... That's part of being a man. So mm-hmm. I'm going to send my son off to this boarding school. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible. And y- you just feel really uh, protective of Charles in a way as you're watching him because he's uh, he's trying to live up to his father's expectations, which are exponentially more uh, hard because he's royalty. Mm-hmm. Again, this is all incredible privilege they have. And you you don't forget that because there's moments where you're like, Jesus, these people have no idea what it's like to live a normal life. Right, know? right. But Charles, kind of like his mom, um, doesn't really like the spotlight, wants to live his own life. And in the most recent season, we see him as a, a young man, like college age. And he's spending time in Wales and he's getting rejected by Camilla, which now mm. we know he's mm-hmm. married to. Um, and... I really liked it because he's given the teaching that we often give men and especially like white men um, in the past today that they shouldn't feel that they should only be about action. They need to be manly. They need to be tough. They need to be all this kind of stuff. And you just see how it's hurt him in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I also like uh, Princess Anne's character, who is the younger sister of Prince Charles. Princess Anne, don't give a fuck. She is just, she's having her sex. She's having fun. She's doing whatever. It's great. Um, So I feel for these kids as I watch them. I want to protect them. And, And now it's actually made me think more about what it's like to grow up that way you Mm -hmm. know and i think about like william and harry and i think about their kids and and what it means in modern society so 
very, very fascinating on that way. Yeah, I, you know, that's an interesting pick. I didn't even consider it, but I've been really fascinated just about the story of Elizabeth, you know, the, when you realize how very, very young she was to ascend and then have to take this position and then fight people all along the way. I mean, for God's sakes, like fight off Winston Churchill. I mean, it's kind of mind blowing. And I never thought of it that way before, you know, Mm -hmm. now we're so used to knowing her as this very elderly queen and this, you know, picture of it. And you never think about the actual time. Yeah. An amount of influence she's had and how quickly she had to learn that. Yes. And there's one episode where it shows her as a young girl getting um, taught by a tutor. Have you got to that one I don't yet? think so. Um, she, you know, she goes to, I think, um, Eton or somewhere and, and, and has one-on-one time with the professor, but she realizes when she's older, like, he didn't really teach me anything useful. Like, everything that Winston Churchill is telling me, I have no idea what any of this means. Like, I have been vastly underprepared for the role because I'm a woman, because all of this. And it's really heartbreaking in that way. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. It is, yeah. But also makes you have a little bit more respect or something for, for her sure. now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mine is a very different direction okay. from that. Um, and this is a little bit of like a, a, a very, per- well, they're all personal picks, but like a really personal pick. Because when I think of outstanding offspring, obviously I'm a parent and I'm a little bit biased, but then I think of my own kids. Well, and sure. so they are outstanding. Yeah. So I pick something that it a makes me think of my childhood something i remember and it also is something that i watch with the kids now that is uh, just 45 minutes of pure joy america's funniest home videos <laughs> <laughs> so it started in 1989 first off this still exists which is impressive yes okay. it's uh carlton that from fresh principal no. that hosts it now yeah yeah, what's his oh, room? I forgot his I actor name. Yep. Alfonso Rivera. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, yes, and originally hosted by Bob Saget on that weird mm-hmm. little stage, and he would do jokes and show the movies. And I remember as a kid watching it as a family and laughing. <laughs> okay, forgot about it for a long period of time. And then somehow we stumbled upon it um, a couple of years ago with Mason. And, and Evan watches it too, but... For some reason, Mason gets so much joy out of watching people fall down. Well, I mean, he's six. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. But that deep belly laugh that I get no <laughs> other time, and then like the animal videos he loves, mm-hmm. he just can't get enough of it. So, honestly, it's become one of my favorite things to watch because he's so just thinks it's just the best thing that's ever yeah. happened. And you are watching kids. Most of the time it's kids, you know, sometimes it's adults, but the videos themselves, sometimes you're like, that's outstanding <laughs> in just a really different way than we met the rest Comedy of this. Gold. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Well, so I'm I here like for it. Pick. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a personal pick. We watch it, but I'm telling you, watching your kids laugh at that is it's priceless. I will say that I often send you Instagram videos Particularly for Mason, because yes. I know that he gets such a weird kick out of various animal videos and whatever. Yes, yeah. he mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. He absolutely does. And I think we all watch it that way. Like, Evan's kind of old enough to, you know, like, he thinks it's funny, but it's maybe not his favorite thing. But he also thinks it's hilarious. I mean, we're all laughing mainly at Mason mm-hmm. because he can't. And then he'll ha- we'll have to pause it because he'll be, like, not breathing and be like, that guy fell down. We're like, yeah, we all saw it. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. And he even does now, like when the video starts, he'll be like, this is a bad idea. Like you'll see someone bouncing. He's like, that's a bad choice. So he started figuring out how this works. (laughs) That's a bad, this is going to go bad. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I wonder what he thinks about you carrying a knife. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He would probably say this is a bad idea. Yeah, this is a bad choice, mom. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not a good idea. Not a good idea. You're going to cut yourself. You are going to cut yourself. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that, he's right. Yeah, he's he's prolific in that way. He's very <laughs> smart. Well, we chose some outstanding offspring. We did. And thank you, Tim, for sending this theme idea in. Yes, this thank was a you lot so of fun. It was. Yes. Um, we will be back next Wednesday. But in the meantime, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com. Check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also... If you check out that website, there is some amazing bonus material. Sure is. One of our new favorite things, the Broads Talk Books with Mm -hmm. authors. 
Amazing, authors. amazing authors. Real live authors. And you can get all of that there. Yep. Also, if you subscribe, it comes right into your feed. It sure does. You don't even have to do anything extra, but check mm-hmm. that out. It's great. We have more coming. We love doing the bonus stuff as much as we love doing the episodes. Yeah. Listen, we love doing the episodes. We love doing all of it. And we would really do it, you know, no matter what. Yeah. But yeah. God, we love having listeners that love us. Do. We love it when people get us. And man, if you get us. We'd like to hear from you. Give we us would. a review. We would. If you're at Apple Podcasts, it's real easy. Submit mm-hmm. a real quick review in there. Or if you're on another platform or you just want to use it, go to Podchaser. There's yes. an easy way to leave a review there. It's a great new format. Mm-hmm. Love it. Another thing you can do if you want to support the show, give us some theme ideas. You bet. We would love it. We I mean, Just like this, this just one happened. from Tim, we embrace it. We ran with it. He gave you a great idea. Sure you got did. a lot of stuff in this episode. Really thanks did. to Tim. Yeah. So that could be you is what I'm Good saying. Good for you, Tim. Yeah. We're going to show you some love online and you could be like Tim. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website. Plus, we have a shelf at Plain Books. Plain Talk. What? Plain Talk Books. Good Lord. I can't put words together <laughs> Plain anymore. Talk Plain Talk is the name of the place. Thank and you. they have books. And they have books. <laughs> and, <laughs> and coffee. And we have a special shelf set up there. Yes. So you get some uh, you get some coffee, you get a sandwich, and you get to find some books that we've recommended. Yes. Maybe go there and read one. And then, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.